Usually when I start these, I've got something in mind, at least as far as having an idea where I'm going. Today, it's a little different that I don't really know where, where I'm going to conclude on these things. So what I've been thinking a lot about the last couple of days is the idea of training volume. And so essentially training volume meaning, you know, the, what it sort of comes down to is how many reps you do uh, per set, more or less, okay? Uh, that's not the exact definition because it's also spread over a period of time. Now, the, the question comes up, what is op optimal? What amount of volume is optimal? Typically what we say is if you train with greater effort or greater intensity, then by virtue of that, you're not going to be able to do as many reps. You're going to be using heavier weight. So to train to failure, and I, I like the definition of failure that John Meadows and uh, Ben Bukulski uses, which is basically failure being that point where you can't do any more sets in, or any more reps rather in using good form. I, I like that definition because it's there might be a partial rep left in you, there might be a forced rep, there might be something, but the actual point of failure is when you can't do another good um, rep with full range of motion and proper form and all that stuff. So, basically what we generally do is we have warm-up sets, or, or what you might call lead-up sets, where you you use lighter weight and those serve a number of purposes. One is that they kind of train your mind in a sense. They, they, they create that neurological movement pattern that helps you to do it properly and safely when you're using a heavier load. So they do serve a, a, a purpose, but you don't necessarily want need or want to do those lighter weight um, lead-up sets to the point of what I just described as failure. That might wind up being 30, 40 reps. Um, at that point, what you're doing is you're kind of exhausting yourself. Now, if you've ever experienced this, you know what I'm talking about. When you get to the point of exhaustion like that, it's uh, it's pretty. It makes it very difficult to do more work. Uh, essentially, what's happening, I believe, is that your mind is your your brain is kind of telling your body, nope, no more, and your muscles are kind of fatigued. But it's it's a weird state to be in when you're exhausted that way. And it's not the same as when you do a heavier weight. And you're you're just tapped out. You're you're just done in terms of the number of because it's too heavy now. Uh, it's a, it's a different kind of failure. And when you get to that point of failure, it's hard to continue the workout. It really is um, until you kind of reset, and that can take a while. 
so so I've, I've heard the the lead up reps referred to as junk reps basically the one until the one or two final ones as you're getting to failure those are the the money ones so stands to reason that if you're doing a set where you need to do 30 reps to get to failure, there's going to be, you know, at least 25 junk reps. Whereas, you know, if, if it's, say, eight reps to failure, it'd be maybe six. The science seems a little bit divided on which one is optimal as far as muscle growth, but seems that using moderate weights, a moderate rep range, seems to be preferable for muscle growth. I mean, it seems like there's a good balance. And, and let's be honest here, it's easier to progress to because that's what building muscle is all about, is progressive overload, progressing the load um, or or the volume. Either one can progress. That's fine. But the thing is, going from 30 reps to 31 is, in a way, more challenging than, you know, going from 5 to 6. Or from, say, doing 5 reps and, and putting an additional 5 pounds on the bar or whatever. It seems that micro-progressions are, are more noticeable at least when we're working on a uh, with higher intensity now this gets complicated when we're trying to build muscle and burn fat at the same time and and the, and the question follows is, uh, the question that follows is well what do I want my body to be doing throughout the day you know am I and, and what time to do what is optimal. It's, there's so much. And the thing is, when you're in a depleted state, whether it's, you know, calories or carbs or both or whatever, uh, it, it's hard to stay mentally focused on what we're trying to do and when and trying to piece it all together. Which is why it's good to kind of have a plan and to stick with that. And the problem is that we get information and we get contradictory information. Sometimes that contradictory information comes from the same source, which is extremely frustrating. So I suppose if I were to address what is probably optimal, it would be to go back to the whole idea that building muscle and burning fat need to be viewed as different entities. So muscle building workouts should be geared towards, with a mind towards hypertrophy or muscle building, strength building, whatever the specific goal happens to be, but usually hypertrophy. And cardio workouts should be done with an eye towards burning fat and separated from each other. That's the optimal. Now, one of the things that kind of has been popping up a lot lately is the idea, and it's what I've been doing, in fact, is the idea of, well, maybe you can get both in one by doing things like circuit training or, or um, CrossFit, things like this. Maybe you can get that 
resistance aspect while getting the fat burning aspect and that's all well and good but is it optimal for either one that's the question is it optimal for muscle building probably not is it optimal for fat loss well in terms of that workout I'd say it probably is because it's you're you've got the high intensity aspect of it it's similar to HIIT training so probably you get a good fat burning response from it like as compared to say just a steady state cardio or something it might actually be preferable to that so you're getting a good cardio workout with some muscle building uh, benefits and and it's it's training muscle certainly in in more of the more towards the the metabolic stress aspect or mechanism if you want it's really hard when we're trying to do both at once it really is trying to keep your mind straight on what we're doing because then we've got to keep in in mind the whole dietary aspect of it so the question is do you want to be in recovery mode all day for building muscle or do you want to be in a caloric deficit um, aka um, fat burning mode throughout the day now I know that gearing your nutrient intake towards higher protein can potentially accomplish both at once but again it keeps it hard it's it's hard to keep it straight in your mind what we're doing when we're trying to accomplish multiple things at once this is what I'm trying to sort through right now it seems to me that splitting them up in your mind would be beneficial in a way But again, you're, you run into the same problem of what am I doing at this moment in time? And this moment in time is when you're exercising, it's when you're not exercising, it's when you're deciding what to eat. Oh boy. See, this aspect of the mental game and the diet game you never know quite how difficult it is until you're in the midst of it. Because when you're laying out a plan and you're you're like, okay, I've got to get back into shape and whatever, and you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It all seems well and good on paper. And you can get excited about it. But then when you're in the moment, you're always second-guessing. You're always wanting to optimize your time and your efforts because it's not easy and you want the results and what you want in terms of those results tends to change as you progress the leaner you get the more almost unsatisfied you get because you're like no I'm not where I need to be people will tell you maybe oh you're looking great but at the same time, it's like, but I'm not where I want to be. I'm not as lean as I'd like to be. 
I'm questioning all this because I'm not sure how to address my training protocol going forward. And it's very frustrating to not be able to know if what I'm doing is the right thing and to not basically know what I'm going to do tomorrow or even this evening because I'm thinking it's probably time that I start doubling up my training. Uh, what I have been doing is doing one sort of hour-long session, which will be about half resistance training and half cardio. I'm thinking I should split those up. But we've also got the problem of limitations. And right now I'm limited by, by the fact that the gyms aren't open and I'm only able to exercise using the home equipment I have, which I've, to my own credit, I've been doing pretty well with making the most of what I have in the past week and a half or so. It's not been ideal, but it's been something. And I have been doing it every day, basically. Uh, yesterday, I took a day off from, from my circuit training to kind of reset and stuff. But I've been doing it. I've been doing using the dumbbells and, and bands and chin-up bars and all that stuff that I have and, and dip bars that I have at my disposal. Not a ton, but enough to get a pretty good workout in. At the same time, my results do seem to have plateaued a little bit, so I know I need to dial it up a notch. And the question is, how? How do I dial it up? What aspects do I focus on? Do I focus more on the cardio aspect of it? I don't know. And it's hard to know exactly. See, normally what I do is prioritize, right? So in this case, my priority is burning fat. But I don't want to be, you know, a string bean at the same time. I want to maintain muscle I have and tone it up, which, like I say, if, if you're looking at the data, it doesn't require that much stimulus, probably not as much as I've been doing, and probably the stimulus I've been doing has been a little bit of overkill, because it's been geared towards having a bit of a metabolic effect too. That's not necessarily bad, and, and I think probably it's... In times like this, when you're when you're cutting, when you're focusing on on a competition, my thinking is probably probably it's ideal to try to get a little bit more of that metabolic effect in because every calorie burn is important. Whereas if you're just on a purely muscle building um, program, trying to pro you probably control fat but not necessarily burn fat. I would think lower volume might make a lot more sense. That's probably what it is. So probably the the technique that I've been doing now, which is a little bit higher volume, almost like I say circuit or complex style training, is probably good. I, I know I'm getting some muscle stimulus because my muscles are feeling it and aching. 
I think I just need to uh, add in more cardio. Probably the means to do that would be a second, a, a PM cardio session. I, I train in the morning. They say that training in the uh, evening for resistance training is better. Something to do with circadian rhythms or something like that, but I prefer to do it in the morning. It's when I'm fresh and that's when I tend to get in the better workouts and that's what's most important, I think. Um, but throwing in a PM uh, cardio session would probably be a good idea. Keep my mind in the game. Help me, prevent me from the evening snacking and stuff. And, and if I do give in now and then, then I will have been able to burn off some of that <laughs> extra snacks. So I think that's what I'll do. I think that's what I'll do. I'm not sure if I'm even going to publish this episode. Uh, actually, I think I will probably put this out upon reviewing it. I just, I found that a lot of these things, these mental games that we play, especially when we're in a depleted state, an exhausted state, they're hard to fully grasp and, and appreciate until you're in the midst of it. So pretty much every time you start a diet, you know, you start a plan and you, this is what I'm going to do and maybe it's exciting and whatever. And yeah, there will probably be some ups and downs, but you don't fully get it until you're right in that moment. And it becomes mentally exhausting and overwhelming, both emotionally and, and mentally very, very quickly at times, especially when you're plateauing and second-guessing yourself and so on and so forth. So, like I say, upon reviewing this, uh, I, I found that I think, I think to an extent I captured pretty well the challenges that I'm currently going through and that basically I go through every single time that I undertake a uh, a transformation challenge or, or a competition type cut of any kind. I mean, when you're just cruising along and very casual about it, it's a little bit more manageable. And you know what? And the fact of the matter is that we tend to be a little bit impatient at times and wanting to jump ship on our program. And that's much less problematic, I would say when we're kind of just figuring things out, when, you know, it's, you're not doing an extreme cut for any particular purpose other than just, you know, to, to look good or whatever. Um, when, when you're actually cutting, dieting down for whether it's a show or whatever, the stakes are much higher and changing your plan, leaving the path you're on prematurely can be very detrimental. So, as far as coming up with a plan, it's best to do that when you're not in a depleted state. And if you've got a coach, this is where I find they actually come in. Uh, it's pretty much the only time I find that uh, coaches, the, the value is equal to what the cost is. Is when you're in a depleted place and you just need somebody to reassure you that what you're doing is the right thing. And, and that speaks to the importance of, of the trust you need to have in a coach. But um, 
the best course of action, as far as I can tell, is to create a plan when you're not in a depleted state and then stick with it even when the going gets tough. Now, it is fair to say that there is a time for re-examining your plan and determining if there's room for improvement, of course. But that's not terribly frequently and probably not as frequently as we would sometimes be tempted to do. I mean, you have to let a course, a program run its course. If you're jumping ship before three weeks, you probably haven't given it a fair shot. Even, I'd almost say six weeks, but the trouble is when you're cutting, and especially for a show or something, you're closing in on the end, or you're like, I need to squeeze every ounce of potential out of myself. So it becomes very difficult to know for sure that that's, in fact, what you're currently doing. So, so yeah, as I say, the saving the kind of high volume stuff, high volume, um, metabolic resistance type work that gives you a good pump and burns fat at the same time, that's a good kind of finishing program, I would say. Whereas leading up to it, the when you're more than, say, 12 weeks away from a deadline, probably a lower volume training would be superior, I'd say, when you're specifically focusing on muscle growth and as in terms of fat, probably not, you don't want to get fatter, but certainly you don't want to, uh, you don't want to gain a lot of fat, but so probably there's a good place to use lower volume work and, uh, and make up the difference with a little bit of cardio to, uh, uh, to, to, you know, keep your cardiovascular system healthy and to, uh, to burn off some of those extra calories that you're going to be almost certainly eating. The other thing I find ha that happens a lot during a cut is we get pulled into this whole thing of comparing yourself to others. It's a deadly place to be thinking, especially in this Instagram type world where you see people who are elite, maybe is the right word, uh, are very accomplished and it's easy to tell ourselves, I am not going to achieve to that level, so what's the point? Or what can I offer that they can't? Or what can I do that they can't, that they haven't already? It's very easy to get pulled into that when you're depleted. And I think we need to remind ourselves why we began this journey. And that's actually what, exactly what I did this morning. I, I looked over my goals and what was my goal? It was to get down to a certain weight by my birthday. Well, why was that important to me? This was a key, actually. I've said this before. You need to find a reason. You need a why. Um, this is one. This came up big time. When, when you're depleted, your why comes in big, big time. And for me, the the why, all I said was, I said, I need all the confidence I can get. So as much as I can accumulate here, the better. So perfect. That's, that was my reason. And that is just enough to drive me forward a little bit farther.